We learned last week that God has put a division between his people and the Egyptians. He severed and built a wall of redemption. When the hail came, the hail did not impact the children of Israel. When darkness covered the land, there was light in the land of Goshen. There was light in the land of the righteous. When the cattle died and the sheep died, all of the children's Israel's livestock was well taken care of. And you see, God builds a wall of redemption between us and this failing world's system. I like to call it the zone. We are witnesses to the things no other generation before us has seen. Past generations have seen terrible things like disasters and famines of gigantic proportions. The difference is this, that we are seeing and experiencing them right one after another, all over the earth. Brother Copeland says, we need to get in the zone. And this is what we're talking about today, is getting in the zone, staying in the zone, and living in the zone and resting in this zone. This zone that we're talking about is the secret place of the Most High God. For he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You see, some people only visit God when they're in trouble. They just want a quick fix they want what we would call a microwavable miracle. But that is not how it works. All of the promises of God are yes and they are amen. But they are contingent upon us doing our part. I have discovered this, that if I will do my part, God will always do his part. And so it is my responsibility to live in vital union and communion with Him that I may stay in this zone of protection. And while we're living in the zone, verse 2 says, I will say of the Lord, You are my refuge. You are my fortress. My God in Him I trust. You know, when you spend time in the presence of God, it changes the way that you think. It changes the way that you talk. I mean, you used to grumble, you used to complain, but now you're declaring the word of God and talking about the goodness of God. You used to speak doubt, but now you're speaking words of faith. And surely, surely, when you are living in vital union and communion with Him, when you are in the secret place of the Most High, surely He shall deliver you. He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. What does the snare of the fowler mean? That means that he keeps us from being snared by the traps that have been set up for us. In Psalm 34, he says, keep me from the trap that is set before me, for you are my refuge. Now, one thing about our good Father is this. He will warn us. He will give us an unction in the Spirit to let us know not to do this, not to go there, not to be in this situation. Thank God for the warnings of God. 
And two things we never want to do when we're warned of God. We never want to ignore the warnings of God. And secondly, we never want to override the warnings of God. There are many people that are not here today because God was warning them and they overrode that warning and it gave place to the enemy, took them out of the zone and he was able to take their life. In Ecclesiastes 7, 17, it says, Be not much over wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why should you die before your time? Can a person be dumb and die? Oftentimes when people die because they get themselves out of this secret place, out of the zone, people will say just to kind of salve their conscience, well, the Lord needed them and the Lord took them. I've found out that God doesn't take nearly as many people when they're operating in the zone of safety, when they're operating in the secret place of the Most High God. Now, we don't rejoice at a person when they die young. But a lot of things can be averted if we would just listen to the Spirit of the living God. Are you here? So never ignore the warnings of the Lord. Never override the warnings of the Lord. And I think that is some good preaching right there. Because surely He will deliver you. He will deliver you and your babies. He will deliver your loved ones from accidents. He will deliver your loved ones from overdoses. He will deliver you from tragedy. Surely He will. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Verse 4, He's going to cover us with His feathers. And under His wings we are going to trust For His Word is our shield and His Word is our buckler. Oh, see it, my brothers and sisters. There's a circle of protection all around you. There's God's favor going before you. There's God's favor all around you, shielding you and keeping you in the zone. Hallelujah. And so God covers us. He protects us from the hidden traps of the enemy, from deadly hazards, from diseases, from disasters, from terrorism, from the coronavirus, from plagues and contagious diseases, from pestilences and epidemic diseases. We serve a God who covers His people and protects Him with His presence. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. And thou shalt not be, verse 5, thou shalt not be afraid. He commands us not to be afraid. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but he gave us a spirit of power and a spirit of love and of a spirit of a sound mind. We are charged thousands of times in the word of God, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Be not afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you believe in God, if you trust in God, believe also in me. For my hand is upon my children, and my hand is upon you for good. And my hand is upon you to protect you and to keep you. For you are the apple of my eyes, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. 
You see, being fear-free is a choice. It's a choice. Fear is there. We'll be tempted to fear. Your hands may be sweating. Your knees may be knocking. But the fear that comes from the outside does not belong to you. It's not natural to the born-again believer. You're born of God. You're born of faith. You're born of glory. You're born of power. And you do not have to yield to fear. Oh, come on, somebody. Why would God tell us over and over again not to fear? Because He knows that literally... It removes his legal right to protect us. Fear takes us out of the zone. Fear is spiritual contraband for a believer. Fear can take us out of the zone. But oh, thank God, we do not have to fear. Say with me, I choose not to fear. I like what the psalmist said, don't you? He said, even though I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He says, I will fear no evil. Why is that? Because he's with me. He's for me. He is on my side. Say it with me. The Lord is with me. He is for me. He is in me. I will not. I will not. I will not. I will not fear. As for me and my house, we will not fear. Though the mountains may be removed, we're not going to be afraid. Though the earth may shake and the earth may quake, we are part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And in this kingdom, there is no fear. In this kingdom that you've been transferred into, it's a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Lift up both hands and say righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So praise much in the Spirit. And pray much in the Spirit. And live in communion with me. And so shall you build your inner man up. And your flesh shall lose its dominance over you. But your spirit man shall gain the ascendancy. And when the enemy would come in, like a flood, I will raise up a standard against him, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now here's the good news. We know that the devil walks about as a roaring lion. The good news is this. You and I cannot be found. I said we can't be found. Why? Because we're hidden in plain sight. We are in the secret place. In other words, he may not devour those who live in the zone. Now, he can devour those who live life on their own. But you and I, we're not living life on our own. We've chosen to live in the zone. Are you listening? The devil, he walks about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
But when you're living in the zone, he may not devour you. Why is that? Because he has no access. That's why the scripture tells us, neither give place to the devil. In other words, don't give him any access. Fear gives the enemy access into our lives. Strife and unforgiveness gives the enemy access into our lives. But oh, my brothers and sisters, you and I have the love of God shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. You and I have faith that overcomes the world. You and I are living in the secret place. And so when he knocks on our door, he can't get in. Why? Because we're in the tower. We're in there with the Lord. Amen. Verse 6. Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand. And this is our attitude, but it will not come near me. Well, Pastor Mark, you just never know. We know. We know. We can know. Say it with me. It shall not come near me. Say it again. It shall not come near me. It's not going to come near my kids. Not going to come near this church. Verse 8. Only with your eyes shall you behold and you will see the reward of the wicked. Because... Because your phone stopped ringing, we can now preach the gospel again. I'm glad it wasn't my phone. It would be embarrassing if the preacher's phone went off. It's all good. Because you have made the Lord. How have we done this? Through communion. Through trusting in Him. By being confident in Him. By being fearless in Him. Because you have made the Lord, which is your refuge, even the most high, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. Now let's read verse 10 twice. Ready, read. There shall no evil befall me, One more time. Now who's dwelling? Where is your dwelling? Your dwelling's in the secret place. Your dwelling's in the zone. So we can boldly say this now, that because I'm living in this secret place, in other words, I'm not out here doing my own thing. Yeah, I'm not just going about life as I can figure it out. No, he's my Lord. He went all in for me, and I'm going all in for him. He went all the way in, let us go all the way out for him. Now, as a result of Living in this dwelling, 
you can boldly say, no evil is going to befall me. This takes this verse out of head knowledge and puts it into revelation knowledge. Because now you can boldly declare, hey, no evil is going to befall me. Neither shall any plague come near my dwelling. Thank you, Lord. I said, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Why is that? Because you yourself and your family, you are inaccessible in the secret place. Now notice here, this is our part, making him our habitation. Now notice one of his part in verse 11. For he shall give his angels. He shall give his angels. Oh, if our eyes were open in this auditorium today, we'd see a company of massive amount of angels right here. He shall give his angels, now notice, charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. They shall bear you up in their hands, lest you dash your foot against a stone. I'm telling you, folks, there's angels all around this zone. All around, surrounding you in the secret place. Let's talk about angels for a moment. Again, verse 11. He gives his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. On your way to work. On your way to the grocery store. On your way to the airport. Up in the air. Taking off. Up in the air. And landing. He's keeping you in all of your ways. He will keep you in all your financial ways. He will keep you in all your family ways. Hallelujah. Now, I want you to notice this now. Let's take a little time here. It says here that he gives his angels charge over you. So God, the commander in chief, gave them this charge. And they do what they've been charged to do. In other words, they carry out the commander-in-chief's charge. Yes, they do. Oh, my brothers and sisters, you've got guardian angels. You've got angels assigned to you. You've got angels charged to watch over you. In the Amplified, in verse 11, it says... For he will give his angels a special charge over you to accompany and defend and preserve you in all your ways of what? Of obedience and service. Again, being obedient and serving the Lord keeps you in the zone and therefore you are accompanied, you are defended, and you are preserved by angels. Say with me, I have... A defender. In Psalm 34, verse 7, in the Amplified, it says, The angel of the Lord encamps around about those who fear him, who revere and worship him with awe, and each of them he delivers. Oh, that's so good. Did you know that your angels set up camp wherever you are? When you move, they move. Wherever you go, 
They go with you. You know, I was getting happy about this in the house. How many of you know you can get happy right in your own home with scriptures? If you have to wait till you get to church on Sunday to get happy, you're behind. Get hope, get happy in your PJs. Get happy in your hallway. Get happy in your home. And I got so excited. Oh, thank God. We've got angels camping all around us. And I said to Brenda, she wasn't on the same page with me. I said, Brenda, did you know that there's campers outside? Campers outside. And she went to the window. I said, no, I'm talking about the angels. There's, there's, the angels are camping outside our house. Thank God for alarm systems. Thank God for natural security. Those things are good. But hey, God got some big angels. I said he's got some big angels looking after you. Do you believe it? He will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. In Matthew 18 and 10, oh, I love this verse. It says, take heed that you despise not one of these little ones. Jesus is talking about little children. He said, for I say unto you that in heaven, their angels, their angels? Yeah, their angels. Do always behold the face of my father, which is in heaven. This is referring to kids. I mean, anyone who's ever had children ought to believe in angels. All the close calls, all the things that might have happened, all the things that could have happened. I mean, I look at Brenda's brothers as an example. I mean, Ricky was hell on wheels when he was a little boy. I mean, they were out there climbing trees, swimming in swamps that had water moccasins. Thank God they didn't have alligators. But oh, thank God, God sent his farmer angels. Hallelujah. And gave the Edward boys charge. Amen. See, some of you as adults need angels more than you've ever needed them. Don't get mad at me. You know it's the truth. How many of you don't, you don't lose your angel just because you grow up? You have an angel assigned to you to protect you and to keep you. They'll bury you up in their hands lest you dash your foot against a stone. Whatever it takes. They can lift a car up if necessary. They can propel you through the air. Whatever they need to do, they will do to protect you. In 1968, on Good Friday, I should have been dead. A friend of mine went through a building at 70 miles an hour and I was sitting in the death seat right next to him. He was mad at his girlfriend and he took off really, really fast. And when he got to the intersection, there was another car that was going this way. We were going this way. And he had to take a sharp right. We ended up going through a building and annihilating the whole building. The person across the street in the gas station, it was one o'clock in the morning. He's working on cars late. He called the police and he said this, I think a small aircraft just went through the building across the street. By the grace of God, 
I walked away from that accident. The best way I can describe it to you, it was like when we hit that building, it was just like I went through a tunnel. And it was like it was in slow motion. And there was no hurt. And there was no pain. Why is that? God gave his angels charge over me to keep me in all my ways. I can remember one time being so loaded in Boulder, Colorado on drugs that I could sense a conversation between angels and the devil bartering for my life. And I was almost dead, but God brought me out and he brought me through. Many have there been the times where you have been driving and a car almost hit you. How many can testify to that? Many have there been the times where an accident could have overtaken you. But at the last second, the angel of the Lord, there was a camped around about you. Just shoved that car out of the way and you made it through to your destination. Listen, folks, if we're going to make it all the way to the end, if we're going to have long life and be satisfied, we're going to need some help. I said, we're going to need some help. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to need plenty of help. If we're going to be sustained, and if we're going to make it all the way, if we're going to make it all the way to the finish line, we are going to need some big time help. Well, I'm here to tell you, we have big time help. We've got a big God. We've got a great God. And we've got big angels. And they're looking out for you. And they're looking out for your babies. And they're looking out for this church. Somebody shout, the angel of the Lord is encamping round about me. In 2 Kings chapter 19, in verse 32, it's there, therefore thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into this city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. The Assyrians are coming after the children of Israel. By the way that he came, by the same shall he return, and shall not come into this city, says the Lord. For I will defend this city. Say it with me. God will defend my city. God will defend my life. He said, I will defend this city to do what? To save it for my own sake and, now get this, for my servant David's sake. God will preserve and he will defend people around you for your sake. That's a covenant that we have. Verse 35. And it came to pass that night, now notice this, that the angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand. That's a hundred eighty-five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. 
So Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, departed, I guess so, and went and returned and dwelt at Nineveh. I'm telling you, folks, there ain't no ninja that can compare with this. This was one angel. And all of us in this auditorium have at least one. I'm telling you, they that be with us are more than they that be with them. I'm not sure how many angels are assigned to you, but I'm telling you, there's more than more than enough to get the job done. Now look at Psalm 103. Psalm 103. Now listen, faith is coming as you're hearing the word. Faith for protection comes by hearing scriptures about protection. Faith for protection is coming in this place. Now notice this with me in Psalm 103 verse 20. He said, Bless the Lord, you His angels, that excel in strength. These guys are big. That do His commandments, hearkening to the voice or to the sound of His word. Two things here. Number one, they do His commandments. Number two, they hearken to the sound of His voice. I got a question for you. What if that word was in your mouth? What if angels heard God's word coming out of your mouth? Would they hearken unto the voice of His word coming out of you? Absolutely they would. Absolutely they would. They will hearken and they will respond to the words of God in your mouth. Now in Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 14, it says there, Are not all the angels ministering spirits, servants, sent out in the service of God for the assistance of those who are to inherit salvation? How many of you know that angels are not to be worshipped? Angels are not to be revered. Oftentimes when people think of angels, they get kind of misty in their, in their brain on it. And they think of these little fat angels on a cloud with arrows like you see on Valentine's Day. That's Hollywood angels. No, when God talks about angels, he's talking about some big dudes. He's talking about some mighty warriors. Those are the angels that are sent forth to minister for you, for you are an heir of salvation. Glory to God. Now, they don't hearken to foolishness. You know, you don't get up in the morning and say, Okay, angels, by the time I get home, I want the house cleaned. I want all my shoes shined. And go on Instacart and get my groceries delivered to me. Better yet, go to Safeway and bring my groceries home. No, they don't hearken to foolishness. Angels only hearken to the voice of His Word. They hearken to what you say that God said. They hearken to what you believe about your healing. And what you say about your healing. Can angels get involved in healing? Absolutely. Can angels... Go to heaven and bring spare parts from heaven into a person's body? Why not? Can angels get involved in your finances? 
See, I think here's the deal. A lot of folks have had angels just kind of sitting around their house like this. Saying, man, I wish he'd give me something to do. I wish he'd turn that television off. I wish she'd get off the phone and stop talking about how bad her mother-in-law is. I just wish for just a moment they would put down all the distractions of this age and get my word and speak my word. I need something to do. I need somewhere to go. I need something to influence. And that's exactly what the angels of the Lord will do. As you on a consistent basis speak God's word as a way of life you will see the angels of the Lord being dispatched on your behalf every day every day of your life this is why I'm a strong proponent on saying what God's word says on a regular basis consistently you ought to be declaring thank God I am complete in him Who is the head of all principality and power? Go ahead and repeat these verses after me. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. I am the head. I am not the tail. I am above only. And I'm not beneath. Jesus gave me authority to use his name. Therefore, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I bind up all principalities, all powers, all rulers of the darkness of this world. I bind and cast down spiritual wickedness in high places. And devil, I want you to know that I am rendering you harmless and ineffective against my mind, against my body, against my spirit, against my finances, against my church, against my nation. In the name of Jesus, I demand you to desist in your maneuvers against me. Now don't stop there. Don't stop there. Now say this. Now ministering spirits, angels of the Lord, you who have been sent forth to minister on my behalf, I loose you. I release you. Go now and cause abundance to come. Go now and cause protection to come. Go now and surround my loved ones. Ministering spirits, I release you. Go now and protect our borders. Go now and protect the port of Oakland. Go now and protect the Golden Gate Bridge. Go now and protect our city. Protect our nation. Oh, come on, somebody. In the name of Jesus. Whoa, glory to God. I said glory to God. Ha, ha, ha. Ha. Glory to God. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder.
the young lion and the dragon you're going to trample under feet. Verse 13. Here's what I have in my notes. Authority and dominion come from the throne of grace. So from your seat of authority in Christ, take your place and tread on serpents and scorpions. For it is true that you've been given authority. Jesus said in Luke 10, 19, say it with me, Behold, I give unto you authority and power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Now say this real strong. And nothing, nothing shall by any means in any way hurt me or harm me. Verse 14 through 16 as we close. Because, this is our part, we've set our love upon Him. Have you done it? Are you going to keep doing it? How many of you are living in the zone? How many are going to stay in the zone? Because, because you've set your love upon Him, because you've done it, therefore, here's His part, (laughs) I will deliver Him. He said, I will. Those who love me, I'll promote them. There's promotion that comes from the zone. I will set him. I will set him. I'll set him on high. Glory to God. This world is only going to honor some antichrist, demon-possessed person. If anybody gets honor out of the world, that's all the world has to offer. That's nothing. But when God honors you, and God promotes you, and God sets you on high, there is exaltation that comes from the throne of grace for His people. Because you set your love upon me, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to set you on high because you've known my name. And when you call upon me, I'm going to answer you. Come on, guys. We serve a prayer answering God. When you call upon him, he's going to answer you. How about this one? I'll be with him in trouble. There's no one I'd rather have than him with me and for me in trouble. Woo! Glory to God. I'll be with him in trouble. Not only that, not only will I be in trouble, I'll deliver you. And there again, I'll honor you. Read verse 16 with me together. With long life. Not a short-lived life. Not a dissatisfied life. But with a long life. A full life. A fruitful life. Oh, come on. Where your dreams and your visions are coming to pass. Not a short-lived life. 
but a full life. You've lived a full life. But your life is not over with yet. For I have saved the best to come for you, saith the Lord of hosts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Ha! You too. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Long life. Fully satisfied. Oh! Fully satisfied. You don't have to be a multimillionaire to be fully satisfied. You don't have to have five houses and be a billionaire to be satisfied. I'm telling you what, we serve a God who satisfies the longing soul. And when you long for Him, like Paul longed for Him, and to know Him and the power of His resurrection, what more do you need? How can you lose with the weapons that we use? Hallelujah. Everyone's the angels. Angels are all around. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown into the burning, fiery furnace. And they didn't bow and they didn't burn. And the king looked down and said, what in the world is going on? I, we thought we threw three men in there, but I see four. And the fourth one looks like the son of God. And they looked up and they said, oh, king, live forever. God sent his angel, hallelujah, and protected us. The children of Israel were surrounded. They were surrounded by the enemy. And Elisha's all chilled out, but Gehazi's stressed out. He wakes up in the morning, looks around, says, Oh, my master, what should we do? What should we do? What should we do? Look at all the enemy against us. The master said, Chill out. Go to Dunkin' Donut. Have a latte and three powdered donuts. They didn't say that. But he said, don't be afraid. Fear not. For those that be with us are more than be the with them. And then he prayed a simple prayer. Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And I tell you what he saw when the Lord opened his spiritual eyes. He saw what was surrounding them was surrounded by the heavenly hosts. And God is telling us today that we're surrounded. They were surrounded in the secret place of the Most High. Hallelujah! Let's all stand to our feet. Amen and amen. Glory to God.